This is Floyd Hughes, pastor of Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. I just wanted to share about my new book, Act Like an E-Christian. The E stands for evangelical. And despite what you may have heard, evangelical Christianity has nothing to do with politics. It has to do with the reason the body of Christ exists, sharing the gospel. My book, a devotional based on the book of Acts, prayerfully encourages Christ followers to return to our evangelical roots of sharing the gospel with folks in our circles of influence. It's available on Amazon in paperback and for Kindle, and you can pick up a copy today. Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. At Crossroads, our mission is to be the church by sharing and showing the love of Christ and inviting others to be recipients of Christ's love. Now, here is this week's message from Pastor Floyd Hughes. But I wanted to take some time this morning to kind of reiterate and make sure that we're focused on our primary responsibility as a church. And I want to share a passage of scripture um, You guys know Ken McCormick passed away, and when I did his memorial, this is one of the passages that I referenced because he lived it out so much. And it's from Matthew chapter 25. So if you have a Bible, open it up to Matthew chapter 25. Uh, And and I should say this, for those of you who are not here and watching online, uh, we're going to mail out to some of you uh, uh, copies of the budget so that you have it for for your own personal use. Uh, and if you want a copy and we haven't mailed it to you, just message me. We'll make sure we get one to you uh, because you guys are also a part of our uh, church family. But Matthew chapter 25, many people are familiar with Matthew chapter 24 because it talks about the end times. And especially throughout the pandemic, many people have been preaching from and reading through and talking about Matthew 24. But a lot of people are not familiar with Matthew 25. So in Matthew chapter 24, right, Jesus describes the events leading up to the end times. And he tells, he's telling his disciples, it's a discussion he has with his disciples. He says, as you see these things coming, know that we are getting closer to the end times. But then in Matthew 25, he starts to describe, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. Right? So Matthew 24 kind of leads you up to the end times. Matthew 25, he says, the kingdom of heaven, these end times are like this. And he finishes Matthew 25 by saying not just a parable about what it's like, but here's exactly what is going to happen when the kingdom of heaven appears on earth. Right? So I'm going to put all these verses up on the screen, but if you have a Bible, uh, feel free to open it up to Matthew chapter 25. Uh, so he starts this. He says... Uh, At that time, in Matthew chapter 25, verse 1, at that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. And when he says at that time, he's again saying at that time, when the kingdom of heaven comes, it's going to be like 10 virgins took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. And he says five of them were foolish, five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but didn't take any oil with them, right? Uh, And then he says, the wise ones, however, took oil and jars along with their lamps, and the bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. And then he uses this scenario to talk about the fact that the the five who had oil, they were able to go into the wedding because they they were wise, they had their lamps. The five who didn't have oil didn't make it in. And for us, this doesn't really make a lot of sense because this is not a practice that we're accustomed to. It was a practice in that day that they would go and the bridegrooms, or when it says 10 virgins, they would go and they 
what we would call bridesmaids, light the oil, and they would go to the wedding. They would wait and then go to the wedding. And it, it's not a scenario that, that kind of makes us understand the whole concept because it's not something we do. But if you replace the ten virgins and, and use a different scenario, because this if Jesus were here today, I think he would say, hey, uh, the bridegroom, right, uh, and the bride had ten bridesmaids and ten, what are the, what are the, groomsmen, right? Ten bridesmaids, ten groomsmen. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a lot. Like, I think we had three bridesmaids. Did anyone have more than five bridesmaids at their wedding? Okay. Um, if you did online, you know, props to you. That's a lot of people. But um, understand that in this scenario, what Jesus would say is, hey, there were ten bridesmaids. And he makes it a wedding because the idea is that the kingdom of heaven, the wedding supper of the Lamb, fellowship with Jesus, that's the ultimate destination. So imagine a scenario isn't going out with oil, but ten bridesmaids, five bridesmaids, because it was a destination wedding, they went and they made their reservations online. And they booked them, and even though it was a way far off, they booked them. It's 2024. They still made their reservations. They said, we're, we're, we're going to get there. The other five bridesmaids, they weren't wise, and they waited, and they said, prices might go up. Prices might go down. I'm going to wait for a better flight. I have other things to do right now. It's not until later, so I'm going to wait. And then when the time came, the five who were wise, they got on the plane. They got their flight. They made it to the wedding. The five who were not wise, uh, there were no flights. They couldn't get a reservation. One of them had to take an Uber, which was like a six-hour car drive, which cost a lot more money and still made it late. Another one had to hitchhike in the back of a truck, right? And I don't know why, but in all the movies, when people hitchhike, there are always ducks in the back of the truck or chickens. Is, I don't know where all these people have taken all the chickens and ducks, but for some reason, she had to ride in the back of a truck. And then the other three, they had to wait. They finally had to pay three times as much, and they all got there. But the idea is, and this is every time Jesus tells a parable, there's a learning point to it. And here's the learning point in this message. He finishes with this. He says that uh, the virgins who were ready, they got into the wedding, but then the door was shut. Then later, the others, the ones who were unwise, came. In our scenario, the ones who didn't book their reservations, they wanted to wait. They came, and they said, Lord, Lord, open a door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. And what this is communicating, twofold things. First is, uh, don't miss out on God's kingdom. Right? That's the message that it's often preached, it's often understood. You know, Jesus is making it crystal clear that if you're wise, you won't wait till the last minute to be a part of God's kingdom. That makes sense. But there's a second fold message that he's actually communicating. Because remember, he's talking to his disciples. 
This wasn't like uh, uh, the Sermon on the Mount where he's just preaching to the masses. His disciples came to him and started asking him, and he starts telling them about the end times in Matthew 24. Then he gives his disciples this scenario. And his disciples, he already knew which ones would betray him, which ones would leave him, which ones would stay with him. The Bible tells us he knew that Judas would betray him, but he loved him anyway and washed his feet. He knew that, that, that Peter was going to deny him, but then that Peter would later come back and live the rest of his life preaching the gospel. He knew that Thomas would doubt him, but then later Thomas would die for him. So he wasn't just telling his disciples, hey, you guys don't miss out on the kingdom because he already knew which ones would and which ones would not. But he was telling them that they have a responsibility, which means we have a responsibility to ensure others don't miss out on the kingdom. Right? He already knew his disciples were committed, so he wasn't trying to say, make sure you guys are committed. But he was trying to make sure they understood that there are people who will wait to the last minute, who will take their time, and who will miss out on God's kingdom. But we have a responsibility to ensure that people don't miss out. That's why the church exists. And if we're a part of the body of Christ, then we have that same responsibility to share the gospel. We, the church as a whole, has one job, and it's to share the gospel. It's great if we can go to places and build schools and build hospitals, but our primary responsibility is to share the gospel. It's great when we can go into countries where there's no water and we can dig wells. That's great. But our primary responsibility is to share the gospel. So we at Crossroads, our primary responsibility is to share the gospel. And if you look around the room, I know you guys at home can't look around the room. If you look around the room, say, well, there's not a whole lot of us. We don't have a big team of people that we can send out in droves all over Jefferson Hills and Clareton and West Mifflin and Elizabeth to share the gospel. But we do have some resources on hand that we can utilize to share the gospel. Now, um, we have a pretty decent size digital footprint. Okay, uh, I was reading a book uh, by a woman named Nona Jones. She's an executive at Facebook, and her sole responsibility is to help churches use Facebook to share the gospel. I know people hate on Facebook because they think they're not Christian, they're not this, they're not that. That's the only reason they hired her. Whether they're you know just trying to save face and look good or not, she's cashing their checks. But she's also going all over the world helping churches use Facebook to share the gospel. And the main reason she said why she was interested in doing this is because there's about 2 billion people. There's like, you know, 7 or 8 billion on the planet. About 2 billion that spend time online, the majority of those on Facebook. Less than half of those are Christians. So if we want to say and look at one place and say, hey, there are people in this place uh, that don't know God, so we send a missionary there, or people in this community that don't know God, so we send a missionary there, if there are billions of people in this one place called the Internet that don't know God, 
why not send missionaries there? Why not use the resources that we have to reach people there? Now, granted, we're small. Like I said, we have a pretty decent digital footprint. Uh, Our average number of downloads from our website used to be 9 to 1,200 before the pandemic. At the height of the pandemic, it was 5,000 a month. And then it, 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 it dropped to about three to 5,000, and now it's about 12 to 1,500. So people, although as we can look around and say, they're not storming into these doors. They're checking us out online. They're consuming the content that we put online. Um, Google will gives me a, sends me a report, and we get about an average of about 1,000 searches. Now, I have to specify, 1,000 searches for Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. It's three to 5,000 or maybe more uh, if it's just Crossroads Church or Crossroads Community Church because there's a bunch of other crossroads. There's a crossroads in Finleyville. Crossroads United Methodist has multiple campuses. But they're about, a, on average, I think this month it was like 973 or something, about 1,000 every month people who search for us by name. So people know we're here, and they're looking for us. Now, I have my own reasons on why I think they're not coming into the building. Won't go into that right now. But in addition to that, just on the Facebook messages that we stream out live, uh, like right now there might be like six or seven people watching. Uh, by the end of the week, it averages between one to 200 people that will have watched the majority or all of the message. I think the way Facebook groups their analytics is they do who did a 10-second watch, who watched for a minute, who watched for three minutes, who watched for more than 15 or 20. And, 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 and it's like several hundred that watch for a minute or two, but consistently uh, it's about 100 to 200 that watch like the whole thing. So there are people online who are looking for the content that we're putting out. And what I shared with the board is, hey, we're going to capitalize on that and we're going to put out even more content than just the Sunday morning message. So what we've done is we've created several Facebook groups in addition to some other online content on TikTok and Instagram Live. And if you don't know what TikTok or Instagram Live is, unless you have hours to kill, don't bother. Just trust me, all right? Because just, just, just trust me. But we're going to put on a bunch of content on those platforms that's not just, hey, watch me preach, or not just, hey, here's a message, come, come to our fundraiser, come to our spaghetti dinner, come to this, come to that, but where we're going to stop on where people are, we're going to engage them in conversation. All of it faith-based. So the first thing that we're going to do is we created a group called How to Love Your Neighbor, where we're going to equip Christians to share the gospel. Most people have never shared the gospel. To them, sharing the gospel is you invite someone to church and they hear the pastor preach, they hear the pastor give an altar call, and then you leave with them, go out for coffee and say, what did you think? But that's not what the Bible calls us to do. The Bible calls all of us to share the gospel. No one should miss out on the kingdom of God because of us. If anything, we should do... Now, again, we're not going to beat people over the head with the Bible because that's not how we roll. That's not what we do. But we're going to... In this Facebook group, we're going to... First of all, let me, let me share a couple of things. So every Monday night, we're going to do what's called a Monday Night Live, which is a discussion 
with not just people from our Sunday celebration, but with anyone who's in the group and say, hey, wherever you attended a Sunday celebration, whatever you heard, how can you use that to share the gospel with someone in your home, in your workplace, in your school, in your grocery store? And right now, we're talking about Matthew. There are places where people are talking from Romans. Some people are talking from uh, uh, the Psalms. Some people are preaching out of Proverbs. Some people are preaching out of First and Second Kings or the book of Ruth. But every single book in this points to Jesus. And if it points to Jesus, we can use it to share the gospel with people. So what we're going to do is every Monday night, we're going to have a conversation and say, hey, based on wherever you were at, whatever Sunday celebration you attended, because this isn't just for us, it's for anyone who's willing, what you heard, how can we help you use that to share the gospel? So I'm going to do it some Monday nights. I've asked Mark if he will do it some Monday nights. I don't know if Dawn is watching, but uh, if she's not, Mark, tell her. I'm going to ask her to do it on some Monday nights to just lead a conversation. We're not going to preach to people. We're just going to interact with them. Hey, what did they talk about at your church on Sunday? Oh, well, they talked about this. Well, that's great. How can we help you use that to share the gospel? And then on Tuesday nights, Mark already leads a, a, a Bible study. We're going to, uh, and it's available via Zoom or for call-in, um, but we're going to take that, and this was Mark's suggestion because someone asked him about it. We're going to take that, and we're going to stream that Bible study into this Facebook group. So people who don't want to come via Zoom, they can either catch it live in that Facebook group or catch it later because it will be saved in that Facebook group. And they can watch it on, on their time. But when they're watching it, if they're commenting and questioning, uh, there's a bunch of us who have access to it. We'll be able to respond to their questions and their comments because it's not about just preaching at them. It's about engaging with them. And then on Wednesday night, we're going to do a Bible study specifically tier geared towards showing people how to share the gospel. We're going to stream that live into this group. We're going to stream it on TikTok. We're going to stream it on Instagram Live. And the only reason I keep saying TikTok is because I had people on TikTok. They're the ones who got me started on this because they kept asking, hey, we love your little one-minute messages, but why don't you do a Bible study? And I was like, hey, that's not a bad idea. And here's the thing. This group, it's live now, so all of you can join and even if you're not interested, that means, yeah, if you have a phone, take out your phone, go join. You can join it now. Even if you're not interested in joining it, but you know someone who is, go join this Facebook group. Search for How to Love Your Neighbor in Facebook groups. Go join it, and then go invite your friends to join. Here's the thing, though. If you invite them to join, at least don't just send them the Facebook group. Text them, call them, tell them, say, hey, I just joined this group that's equipping people on how to share the gospel. Thought you might be interested, so uh, I sent you an invite. The reason I say that is because I don't remember who I was sitting down with. I think it was Robert. We were sitting in the back talking about Facebook groups, and as we were doing it, I saw three invites show up on my Facebook inviting me to groups. People get invited to so many different groups right, on Facebook, because that's, that's what people do. So make sure you verbally or text them or call them or message them. Let them know, hey, I just sent you an invite. You may get a bunch of other groups. Don't just swipe by this one. Let them know that that's what we're going to be doing. And let them know that you want them to be a part of it, and you can go sign up now. Now, here's the thing. Not one of these groups that we're starting, this is just one, are going to bring more people into this building, because that's not the goal. 
not one of these groups that we're starting are we going to ask people for their tithe money or to contribute, because that's not the goal. Everyone is geared towards allowing us to do what the one job God put us here to do, to share the gospel. When I brought this up to the board, I was a little hesitant because uh, we spent some money on some equipment and cameras and, and extra Zoom accounts and all that stuff, but they were like, oh, yeah, go for it. So in that budget that you see includes uh, some of it already spent to help us equip people to share the gospel. Now, uh, uh, here's the other thing that Jesus says, okay? And I'm going to try to expedite some of these because I know we're running short on time. He says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey, that it is the kingdom of God. So in this parable, he's saying the kingdom of God will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. And it's crucial that we understand that the kingdom of God in this parable has people who are supposed to serve the kingdom of God. And so the kingdom of God entrusted the wealth to them. This isn't about money. This is about the gospel. Because the wealth is that thing that the man holds dear. So to one, he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. And then what Jesus says is, hey, the one who doubled the five bags, he said, oh, great job. Come into my kingdom. You've done a great job. To the one who doubled the two bags, he said, great job. Come into the kingdom. Blessed are you. You've done a great job. He wasn't thrilled with the one who took his bag and just put it in the ground and did nothing with it. And what a lot of people do is they, they preach this as, as, as um a way that doesn't properly reflect what's going on here because what Jesus is talking about isn't money. He's talking about the resources, the gifts, the talents that God gives us that we're supposed to use to multiply God's kingdom. It's not about if God gives me the gift, uh, or let me use Andrew, Andrew the gift to play the bass, that Andrew needs to take that gift and learn how how to play the guitar, the drums, the piano, and all these other things, and then say, God, I multiplied your gift. That's not what he's talking about. What he's talking about, if God gives Andrew the gift to, to play the bass, then do what you're doing here. Use it for God's kingdom. But are there other ways that you can take it outside of here, which I'll show you in a minute, and use it to expand God's kingdom? Because if the same people keep walking in here every week and you're already a part of God's kingdom, then we're not really expanding God's kingdom. The idea is that we use our gifts and our talents to go to places where God doesn't normally, uh, he uses the words where he hasn't sown or hasn't planted seeds. And that's because he expects us to go there outside of the community. And so one of the things that we're going to do is we're going to use a lot of our resources to kind of reach people outside of our community. And let me give you an example, and I didn't tell her I was going to talk about her, so don't give me any weird looks. Um, Bobby uh, leads our, our women's ministry, right, because we have a responsibility to use our gifts and talents for God's kingdom. Uh, she leads the women's ministry. Is it still Thursdays at 1? Okay, so Thursdays at 1 p.m., uh, because of the pandemic and we're trying to honor, you know, minimizing in-person gatherings, it's all via Zoom, right? So uh, you can call in, you can do a video, you can attend that. But then she came to me and she said, hey, I know 
we use that Zoom account for the women's ministry. But she said, and if you know Bobby, you know she's passionate about the Bible and God and reading the Bible. She even just asked me this morning, have you read this version of the Bible? I think she's read more versions of the Bible than I have. Can we use this Zoom account that's for the church? She said, I'm a part of this other Bible study with people from all around the nation, and we do it via Zoom, but we're losing access to our Zoom account. Can we use the church one for that? Now, what do you think my answer was? Yes, definitely go ahead, use it, because even though it's not going to, none of those people are going to fly in here and walk into this building or send a tie check here, but if we're helping people get to know God more, then that's what we're supposed to do, use the resources outside of this building. Let me give you another example. You know Mark He works with the persecuted church, like I talked about earlier. He actually goes around to other churches preaching about the persecuted church. And most churches will give him money for that. Some can't. He goes anyway, because it's not about the money. It's about presenting what's going on with the persecuted church and making people aware that our brothers and sisters in Christ are literally dying in the streets for their faith. So he created... A Facebook group, group called Friends of the Persecuted Church to help bring awareness. Because he can only drive so far. He can only go to so many churches. But with this Facebook group, he can reach literally tens of thousands of people to make them aware and to help them start praying for and be advocates for the persecuted church. Now, uh, we also do a podcast uh, called... Uh, Faith responders, talking about how people of faith should respond when things start happening in the culture, whether it's political or racial or whatever. Here's the way that we should respond, and it's all biblically based. On one of the podcasts, he was sharing that, hey, you know, he was trained as a grief counselor. And I was like, you know, you should probably start a Facebook group where you help grieving people, because right now, People are losing people because of COVID and because of everything, and they're not even able to go and be with their loved ones. And if they are able to have a funeral, it's only so many people that can come in and and say goodbye to their loved one, and no one is helping them grieve. But you can do one online. So uh, in the fall, he's actually going to start an online grief support group helping people who are hurting. And so we're going to help. We're going to advertise for it. We're going to help promote it. Uh, We're going to help respond to it under his direction and instruction so that we can help people who are hurting. And again, none of those people that go in the grieve are we going to say, hey, make sure you come to watch our church on Sunday. None of those people who go in the grieve are we going to say, you know, make sure you tithe. You can do that online. Every one of those people We're going to help from a Christian standpoint and as God allows, be able to share the gospel with them, right? Because that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to use our resources, our gifts, and our talents outside of the building. Like, our band is awesome in here for you guys, but I miss when we used to do... Anyone remember when we used to meet with other churches and do stuff in the park, praise in the park, and we used to do the Christmas thing, and they already said they're not doing the Christmas thing again this year because of COVID and all this stuff. And it's not in the budget for this year, but next year, because I was discussing this with some of the band, 
I wish we could just buy our own equipment and we wouldn't have to wait and try to book someone to, to, so we could go out and do a praise in the park or do music for us. It's not in the budget. Don't look for it this year. But I am going to ask for it next year. It's not like the helicopter I asked for years ago, but it's up there. But um, I, I, we, uh, we should be able to, hey, we're just going to go up to Teep Park. We're going to do praise and worship up there, you know, this afternoon. Buy a couple of pizzas, and if, if we're the only ones that show up, or if no one shows up, we're just going to sing and praise God. Because we're supposed to use our gifts outside of this building to help expand and multiply the kingdom. And here's, here's what Jesus said to the guy who didn't do that, right? So after he said to the ones who did, he said, you guys, I'm going to put you in charge of many things. Come share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came, master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seeds. So I was afraid. And I went out and I hid your gold in the ground. Here's back what belongs to you. And listen, a lot of people don't understand this. This is an accurate representation of God. God is hard. He does harvest where he has not sown and gathers where he hasn't scattered seed. That's what we're for. That's what the church is supposed to do. If all we do is stay in this building and we don't see new people coming into this building, but we say, that's okay, that's all we're going to do, we're not doing what he said. Because his response to the guy that did that is this. He says, his master replied, you wicked, lazy servant, and stop right there. That should stop us in our tracks because God's response to the guy who took his gifts and talents and didn't go out to use them to expand the kingdom, God said, you're wicked, which is another word for evil, and you're lazy. And that's not what we want God to think of us. He says, so you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I return, I would have received it back with interest. In other words, he said, you should have done at least one thing, just one thing to multiply my money. And again, here is the warning of this parable. Take the bag of gold from him who gave it to the one who has 10 bags, for whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And if you read this, what it sounds like is we have a responsibility to expand God's kingdom or we risk being kicked out of God's kingdom. And I'm not trying to argue about the people that say once saved, always saved. I'm just reading the word of God where he clearly says, and this is the Amplified Version, throw the good for nothing servant into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and grinding of teeth. God says to that person who wasn't willing to step outside of his comfort zone and use his gifts and talents to expand God's kingdom, he says, you're lazy, you're wicked, which is evil. And then he says, get out. And however you want to read this, you can't escape, because remember, this man is representing God's kingdom, that he's telling the servant that didn't use his gifts to get out of God's kingdom. He's not even telling him to get out. 
He's telling other people to throw him out. Because that's how important it is to God that we use our gifts and our talents uh, to expand his kingdom. Right? So here's the last parable. And I know we're running out of time, so, so, so bear with me. Um, here's the last parable. First and foremost, we have a responsibility to ensure folks don't miss out on God's kingdom. Right? That, that, that's like... That's why we're here. It's the only reason we exist. It's like if you own a restaurant and you hire a chef and the chef spends time mopping the floors and cleaning the walls and making Facebook posts about the restaurant but never stops to cook food, he's not doing what you put him there for. And we're the church. We have one job, to share the gospel. But we also each have a responsibility to use our gifts and our talents to expand God's kingdom. And then I'm going to close with this. I'm going to try to read through these fast because there's a lot, but bear with me. He says this, this is no longer a parable. This is no longer what the kingdom of God is like. This is what's going to happen when the kingdom of God comes. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he'll separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He'll put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you, and I apologize for those of you who are on the left, I'm not ignoring you, it's just, just, just the way it goes. He says, come to you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. And he's making sure that we understand that before the foundation of the earth was laid, the Bible tells us that Christ died for us. That was already foreseen. It was already going to happen. And in the same way, before the world was created, God deemed that you, the righteous, the ones on the right, would inherit this kingdom. Because he's been talking about, here's what the kingdom of God is. Here's what the kingdom of God is like. Now he wants to make sure that you guys know when he comes and sits on his throne, you will inherit the kingdom. And here's why you'll inherit it. He says, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty. You gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothes you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, and the king is Jesus, because it says the Son of Man will sit on his throne. Jesus is the Son of Man. Jesus will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And what some people will say is, that's why the church needs to have a food bank or a clothing ministry. That's not the point of this. If you look at the context of the Bible, everything that's mentioned there is the way that Jesus said we're supposed to love our neighbor. This is reiterating the love that we're supposed to have in our neighbor. In Leviticus, I don't remember what series we were preaching through, we talked about it, and we looked at where in Leviticus, it described how you're supposed to love your neighbor. And then we looked at how Jesus said, and at the parable in Luke about loving your neighbor, and someone said, well, who is actually my neighbor that I'm supposed to show this love to? And Jesus described there was a guy, and he was going, and he got robbed, and he, he clothed him, he paid money for him, and he loved him. He used that as an example. And all of this doesn't mean you got to go out and look for people. It also doesn't mean that it's just your brothers and sisters, because some say it's just the Christians, or no, he meant just the Jews 
But in that parable, Jesus showed that the person who is your neighbor are people who don't look like you, think like you, vote like you, or believe what you believe, but you're supposed to love them anyway. And to the people that don't do it, those on his left, he says, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And they try to say, wait, we didn't see you sick or or hungry or in need of water, Jesus. And he says, no, but you didn't do that for these people. You didn't love your neighbor. And again, not trying to argue about once saved, Christ saved, but he actually says, hey, you never actually knew me. And it's not that it's this criteria, it's that that's Bible 101. Love the Lord, sorry, I'm getting ahead of the verse. (laughs) Love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and your mind and with all your strength. The second command is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. They're from the Old Testament. They haven't been superseded by the New Testament. If you say you are a Christ follower and you love God, just as the Bible said, faith without works is dead, then it should come out in the way you treat other people and love other people and support and encourage other people. So if if we're Christ followers, we have a responsibility to ensure folks don't miss out and expand God's kingdom. We have a responsibility to love our neighbors as if they were a part of God's kingdom, even if they don't look like us, even if they don't vote like us, even if they don't think like us. And I had this conversation with someone, even if they're people who hate me because of my skin color, I still have a responsibility to love them the way Christ did, even though I really don't want to. But that's what he calls us to do. And so uh, last, 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 last 10 minutes here, I know we're running a little long, um, had a conversation uh, with some people on TikTok because there are, there, there are Facebook mom groups, there are TikTok mom groups, and I, I saw this difference In the TikTok mom groups, it didn't matter if you're one of the working moms, stay-at-home moms, if you're one of the moms who stay at home and start drinking wine at noon, didn't matter. They were supportive of one another, and I am not encouraging anyone to start drinking wine at noon, I shouldn't have said that, sorry. But they were encouraging of one another. And if anyone tried to shame another mom, they were like, like on them. Like, hey, we may not agree with you, but you're a mom like us, so we support you. But when I looked at all the other groups on Facebook, they were so cliquish. You can only join if you live here or if you think like us and if you do like us. So I asked Lene and Melanie and Rachel, Rachel Giampaolo, who used to be Rachel Sloniker, hey, you guys are all moms. Can you guys come together and create a moms group? But instead of it being cliquish, just just make it from the fact we're Christians and if you're a mom, we're going to love you encourage you, support you, and be here for you, period. And so I'm not a mom, so I can't give a whole lot of insight into that. So I asked Lene to come up here and share a little bit about that. Um, I'm afraid if I ask you guys to clap, that might scare her away. (laughs) So uh, just silently like, yay, Lene. So first and foremost, uh, the name of the group is Naps or Nothing Moms Group, right? And I'm going to give this to you. And make sure you have uh, good vocals. Can you guys hear her? Can you just... Hello. 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 Can you hear me? Actually, sorry. I gave you the wrong one. <laughs> that's... that's, 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 that's a... <laughs> I am so sorry. Check. 
There you go. Hello. There you go. Can you guys hear her now? If you guys can't hear online, just let me know and all that stuff. All right, so really quick, I had to script out melodies like, no, you can't just put her up there and just throw questions at you. You have to script them out. So first, tell me a little bit about the, the moms group. What's the goal? What do you guys hope to accomplish? We just hope to be an encouraging page for mothers to um, come together and meet other moms, especially with the pandemic. I know Rita was only six months old when it started, so I've not met any other moms. So for moms to be able to reach out to other moms, it's also really lonely with the pandemic. If you're a stay-at-home mom or even a working mom, you just can't hang out with people. So just for mothers to get together and encourage each other and make new friends and learn tips and tricks. Okay, so next question. So what kind of things are you guys going to do in the moms group? They had a list of like, it's an ongoing list of things, but I'll let you share that. Go for it. So we're going to have a weekly... I sound so loud. I know, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, We're going to have like a weekly topic or something to talk about. We're going to have... a Mom Minute Monday, a Tips Tuesday, just a bunch of different weekly things for us to engage with other people and share and just have dialogue with people on mother things. Okay, and that was one of the things we had to do is we bought another Zoom license. Zoom accounts are free unless you want to use it for more than 45 minutes, and we found out quickly through our Bible studies that people talk for longer than 45 minutes. Um, I was going to say, so do moms, but I didn't want to get any mom hate. But people talk for longer than 45 minutes, uh, so we bought another license just for the Bible studies, and we're using that for multiple Bible studies. But then we bought one, another one just for the moms, for their purposes, because so, you can't use them across in multiple things at the same time. Uh, so here's the big question, and we had a long, not long, but a lot of dialogue around this, because a lot of moms groups are very cliquish. So who can join? Any mom, you can be a stepmom, an adoptive mom, a working mom, a stay-at-home mom. You can live anywhere, uh, mom of a mom. I don't know if I said that already. So Um, also moms. Soon-to-be moms. Soon-to-be moms and moms whose daughters are moms. Mm -hmm. So uh, some of you whose daughters (laughs) are moms. Uh, Because, and this this was their idea. They were like, hey, uh, some of our moms, we need their wisdom and their experience and their guidance in a group like this because we want to make sure we're doing it right. Uh, so even if you're like a mom or a grandmom, you're still a mom, uh, you can join. And, and let me ask this because I tried to get them, one of the key things about doing stuff online is going live and then engaging with people. Um, they shot that down real quick. Yes. <laughs> but they were willing to do a podcast, uh, which um, we did. We recorded a podcast. And the first episode, I think it's going to hit the mom's group on Monday. I think I scheduled it to go in. But how are you guys feeling about the podcast? It's a lot better. It feels like less pressure than being live. Than this right now? Yeah, than this right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how are you feeling about the group overall? I mean, I'm super excited about it. I'm hoping I meet some new people and can be uplifting to other moms and just. Yeah, so I don't want to rehash her scenario about the group that she tried to join, but it didn't go well. She, she was not allowed to join. And that also helped prompt this because if you're a mom and you're looking for support from other moms, I can't see any reason in the world why someone would say, we're not going to help you. 
And we're not the only church that has mom groups, but most churches only have them for their moms, moms in their church, moms in there, or moms in this area that live around us, or moms that meet this scenario. And the mandate that I gave to them was, hey, you're Christians, just be Christians. Don't try to get people to go to church. Don't try to get people to commit to Christ. Just love people like you would want to be loved. And, and create a positive and encouraging... Caleb, I know, still. Positive, positive and encouraging environment and support and encourage other moms. And here's my last question. When can folks sign up? Right now. Just go on Facebook, Naps or Nothing Moms Group. Are you talking to Rob or me? No, I was asking you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about grandmothers? Yes, yes. grandmothers. Okay. Yes. And then what about mentor moms, such as a mom, like a surrogate mom, that kind of thing? Yeah, if you're a mom to someone, surrogate mom, if you're a mom to someone not by blood, but you're, you're maternally, maternally mater, a mom to them, you're, you're, you're in. If you're a grandmom, then you're a mom of moms, you're in. They're, they're, the, the only people not allowed are dads. Well, 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 We're, 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 we're going to talk to dads about forming a separate group just for dads, including single parent dads, because uh, being a single parent dad, not easy, right? So uh, we're, we're, we're looking at down the road creating a group for them, same focus, same energy, same positivity, they won't be apart. All right, so that being said, if you're a mom, go join up now. Go, go search for Naps or Nothing Moms Group. I wholeheartedly hope and pray I made it live this morning so that it's visible and you should be able to find it. Go join it. Uh, that being said, thank you very much. Let me take that. Yeah, and the only other thing, I'm just going to reiterate, guys, it, 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 it's, it's key. We've got to make sure we understand this. We have a responsibility to ensure that others don't miss God's kingdom. We're not going to beat people over the head with the Bible. We're not going to try to force the gospel down their throats. But we're going to use every resource that we have to share the gospel with people. We have a responsibility to expand God's kingdom using our gifts and our talents outside of this building. There are literally billions of people on the internet. And if we send people to Africa and to, to India and to you know neighborhoods in, in underprivileged downtown areas, we definitely should be sending people on the internet to engage with people and to share the gospel, but we also have a responsibility to love others as if they were in God's kingdom. Regardless of, of who they are, what they think, where they go to church, if they don't go to church, we still have a responsibility to love them. So these are just a couple of the ministries we're going to start. We have some more that I'm going to talk about down the road, but right now, uh, I need you guys to vote to accept the budget. And uh, I think on the... Back page is the 2021 budget amount. It also shows you the 2020 tithes and offerings, how much we spent in 2020. Uh, and as you can see, you guys have been truly, truly faithful in your giving uh, so that we, we are, God willing, if we just stay at this rate, we'll be able to fund these without any problem, right? And now, so quickly, uh, we don't need a motion to accept these because it's coming from the board. 
which means it has emotion and an implied second already. That's language that, not church language, just language you have to use when doing votes like these. Uh, so it comes with an implied second. The only other thing is, are there any questions? And if there are no questions, then we can vote. Are there any questions about the budget? Anyone have any questions? I don't want anyone to feel like, wait, I wanted to find out about this or that, and I know we're running a little bit long, but we're going to wrap up in the next minute. Anyone have any questions? Okay, so all those in favor of accepting uh, the budget, uh, just raise your hand. All those, okay, put your hands down. All those opposed, raise your hand. Okay, there are no opposed. Um, if you're online, I think I got information from Larry and Sharon on their vote. They voted for it all. Uh, so that passes. Thank you, guys. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. We're going to close out praying. I'm going to ask Lene to come up one more time. And I'm going to ask, uh, you don't have to come to the front. I'm going to ask you to just come, well, actually, yeah, come up on stage. And I'm going to ask if all the women would come forward. And we're going to pray for this mom's group, that God uses it and blesses it. Yeah. That's okay. okay. Yeah, you just you can stand right there because they're going to come around uh, and they're going to pray on it. Yeah, you guys just come over and 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 just. God, we just pray that uh, for all of these ventures that we're doing, that you would use us as your instrument, your servants, as we read, to expand your kingdom, to share the gospel. Uh, we pray for Lene and for Melanie and for Rachel and for this venture that they're taking on. We pray that you would bless it immensely, not just with the number of people who find love and support, but with the number of people who are loved as if they were a part of God's kingdom, even if they are not. God, we pray that you would use them to take this gospel to wherever you would send it. We pray that you would equip them, strengthen them, give them the courage, wisdom, and insight that they need to be your vessels. And we pray this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Everyone said, amen. Amen. Amen.